0: Uh, Thank you very much for the invitation and uh, what a nice thing because it's all understood and I want to say more important things. That's important too because I'm very grateful, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Talking about coordination, uh, we have to start at the very beginning which is Carl Menger. Carl Menger is a towering figure. In fact, he established a school which is coming into its own for the first time because it was out in the wilderness and now the development in the world economy brings it back right to the center. I will concentrate on one idea which Menger brought out. And that's the idea of the spread. Austrian economists don't have the courage to go as far as suggesting that Menger actually denied that the price was the most important indicator in economics. And I will be a little bit more courageous here, and I will say Menger discarded the price and brought in something new, something specifically Mengerian. And this is the spread. And the spread is just the difference between two prices could be the ask price and the bid price for the same commodity, but it could also be difference between two seemingly unrelated commodities, or difference between wages and interest rates, or something like that. And he built his tremendously impressive economic structure on that basis, the paradigm of the spread. We have to watch the spread. The price in itself is, so to speak, blind. You've got to relate it to something. Or another example is that you stand on two feet. If you try to stand on one, It may work for a time, but then it gets wobbly. To the same way, the noise carried by the price sometimes is blotting out the real message. But when you take the spread, the difference of two prices, this noise is tempered down or cut out altogether. So this is the idea I would like to start with. That Menger and his spread is the key to economic understanding. Much more than the price, or just a single indicator. Could be interest rate, discount rate, wages. Uh, And I would like to mention it here, and tomorrow I think Keith will elaborate on this much more. The gold basis is a spread also. It's not a price as such. It's a, it's a difference between, I <laughs> will leave Keith to explain this uh, tomorrow afternoon. And. Believe it or not, this thought, which is not new of course, basis has been used in the futures market for well over a hundred years, but it can still be improved further, and again this is very much Karl Menger, and I would like to pay compliments, my compliments to Sandeep who improved on this I shouldn't say improved, but he refined it, because he now talks about bases and co-bases, and it's the two together which carries the information. Now, talking about information is very much topical for us here because this is how coordination is described. Coordination is not an abstract concept, an abstract construction. It's very much rooted in reality. And uh, to uh, make, to justify this idea, why coordination is very concrete. I'm going to use a simile, which I have used in various other lectures, and I found it very successful. People reacted to it very well. They caught on the idea very quickly. and. Just take something as simple as a cobweb, a spider's web. It's a very fine structure made of extremely fragile little pieces, but when you put it together, then it gives you a solid structure. And the idea is that if you have a disturbance at any point of that cobweb, This can be detected at any other, so there are these signals, indicators, carrying information such as price, spread, interest rates, wages, etc. And when this information is forwarded and spread out, then individual actors who at the various points of this cobweb will take notice of the change. And then they will make various adjustments. And this is not just blind, haphazard uh, system of communication, but there is such a thing as uh, an order of coordination. Coordination could be higher ordered or lower order and the tendency is to get higher and higher and higher coordination. Roughly speaking, a widespread is a measure of lack of coordination as the individual actors, traders, speculators, arbitrageurs, and so on, react the spread is going to close. Close. And as it does, it creates new maladjustments, perhaps at another level. So I go one step further and improve on this simple idea of of one single cobweb. You should really think in terms of several levels of such cobwebs. One on the top, of the other and they will induce the actors to act when a disturbance arises between two different levels of the cobweb of the system of cobwebs I should say and therefore it's a very highly complicated system but based on this simple idea of a single cobweb, you are approaching it in the right way because then you see how maladjustments keep occurring even though adjustments are the prime mover. Adjustments will eliminate Lack of coordination, maladjustment, increase it. But as you try to find a greater, higher degree of coordination, doing one thing, you inadvertently create a greater maladjustment somewhere else, and that will be responded to by another actor there, they are completely unknown to one another. And they don't, they may not even be aware of the existence and the activity of the other. But out of this very complicated and very confusing system of mutual adjustment comes the economic coordination, a higher order coordination. So this is something we owe to Menger. Based on such a simple idea as the spread, as opposed to price, difference as opposed to single number, he built up the idea of economic coordination and then others, such as Mises, took over and he gave the title Human Action, a wonderful title, to his uh, thick volume, Foundations of Economics, and the idea is that individual human beings act, and you could also say react, to the various signals which come to him, and he takes an action to diminish one spread, inadvertently he is increasing another, so somebody else will act to this, and so on. So the whole uh, society, the economic system is such a communication, almost instantaneous communication system which uh, results in economic coordination. So this is really a new paradigm. It's not being presented as such by departments of economics at various universities independently of their ideological orientation. But that's a pity because I think this brings out the essence uh, and a very powerful Image is being projected, how the economic system works. Now, Menger, and uh, of course, by now you learned that he is our hero here uh, in our group, in our endeavor. We uh, are not pushing a cult or building up some. Uh, cultism, but this I think we can say in all confidence that Menger built up his theory and by a quirk of history his figure is very similar to another very famous figure of Aristotle who was the tutor to Alexander the Great, a young man of uh, age 15 or 16. He was grooming for become, to become the, uh, the uh, monarch and take over the power, including the army and navy and what have you. And Aristotle did his best to prepare him and when we praise some of the accomplishments of Alexander the Great we are knowingly or unknowingly praising Aristotle, his genius which was projected into this young man who was just so thirsty to absorb all his ideas. Now by a quirk of history Menger was the tutor to the crown prince of the Austrian Hungarian monarchy by the name Rudolf. And he was grooming him to become the next Kaiser, the Emperor of the Empire, with many other titles as well. And on several occasions, they were traveling incognito, which is Latin meaning that unknown. In, they didn't probably a false passport, giving a different name to each of them, and uh, they did not want people to know that this is the count who, in the company of his tutor, is. Uh, traveling, learning firsthand about the world, first the empire itself, but then they branched out and they traveled in various other countries of Europe and this certainly included England and the British Isles. I'm not aware that they went as far as America, America but uh, the, these years are the last decades of the uh, 19th century, so America at that time wasn't such an important country as it became after World War 1. Unfortunately, the nice historical parallel stops here, because whereas the association between Aristotle, the great philosopher, and his Pupil, the future Alexander the Great, had you might say a happy ending because so much of the ideas instilled into this young person by Aristotle did survive and uh, this was one of the greatest empires it, they still considered one of the greatest. Uh, empires of history. So you put it down on the happy column. The association between Karl Menger and his pupil Rudolf was an unhappy one because Rudolf never uh, came to occupying the throne. He inherited, he, he was going to inherit from his father, there was a very tragic announcement that uh, the crown prince committed suicide. And the juicy part of it is that this was uh, in company of his lover who was of low social Uh, background and it was out of the question they could ever get married and uh, so they there was a joint suicide and uh, therefore the efforts of Menger to shape the future through his pupil who was going to the future emperor was lost it was not to happen Now, of course I could go on and tell you that uh, Mises, who studied this uh, episode to some extent, he firmly believed that Menger's explanation or lessons in history were very melancholic. They were very pessimistic. Uh, described the world as a world running into its own destruction. And this pessimistic message which Menger had to give to his pupil uh, impressed this young person not in a positive way, trying to delay the uh, historical forces which were like a Greek tragedy, drifting the world into a catastrophe, but the young man was melancholic himself, pessimistic by nature, and he just did not cherish the idea of taking over the empire and trying to make a positive impact on it. Well, this is just speculation, Mises admits himself, but he also says that he believes that. There were other speculations about what has actually happened, and I just mentioned this bypassing because I <laughs> they completely lack any uh, evidence. But the, uh, the other extreme, the explanation was that uh, the young crown prince Rudolf wanted to disappear from the world. Stop the world, I want to get off. He didn't want to commit suicide. He just wanted to fade back into the common uh, people and disappear and live his own life. He didn't want anything to do with complicated politics, world politics, European politics, empire politics. No historical evidence exists to support that, but for a long time people were actively uh, talking about this. I'm not here to spread rumors, I'm here to point out that if Aristotle was a genius, philosopher, and polyhistor, meaning he was familiar and conversant with all the existing knowledge, scientific knowledge of his time, then Karl Menger was way, way above Aristotle. If you treat the work of Aristotle in a critical way, then you will find that while he contributed to almost any branch of knowledge, but he made just as many mistakes from the modern point of view as he made good statements. So on balance he comes out rather average. There's one branch of knowledge where Aristotle, uh, there is no question of his his uh, uh, priority and, and what he constructed there was all to the good and it survived to this day and this is logic there was no logic before he systematically studied and codified knowledge and basically that's what we have today and if you hear about so called non Aristotelian logic you might as well dismiss it that this is just Uh, Some very poor imitation, these are so-called many-valued logical systems, whereas Aristotle had the one-valued system. Some statement is either true or it is false, and as the Latin says, tertium non datur, no third possibility. But the heroes of our own society said, "Oh, that's all old, old-fashioned. Of course, there is many-valued knowledge. Take probability. A, a statement, a statistical statement, is not that it's either true or not. It could be 50 percent true, 75. and These are different things. <laughs> well, you see, this is this is false and." From the point of view of Aristotle, you can immediately say that this is nonsense because what comes, what prevails is the outcome, the final outcome, and in the final outcome, it is not that war was declared 80%, so it was 80% war, 20% peace, there's no such thing, either there's war or there's no war. And similar other examples can be brought that our modern view of the world allowing, (coughs) admitting multi-valued logical systems or even worse, you study science with the aid of these multi-valued logical systems, is of course pure bunk, it's just Nonsense. Doesn't make any sense. Cannot be saved. Now, by contrast, when you look at Karl Menger, you don't see that at all. Karl Menger is uniformly successful whatever he touched. And one thing he did not touch, and there's a good reason for that, is interest theory. Because he had an idea how to integrate interest into his system based on the spread. But it was a more ambitious thing and he was working on it, hoping that eventually he will be ready and publish it as a finished product. And long as though he lived, he didn't live long enough and he, he died before he could have published it. But you don't find any kind of silly statements in Menger's work like you find in the work of Aristotle. I'm not trying to belittle him, but his fame way, way overstates the case because he is just another human being. We cannot elevate him to that kind of greatness. Now, I I think we could have a break now and continue with questions after the break. So I thought that this is this what I have just said about the system of coordination will help you to understand what economics is about, in particular what Mangarian economics is about. Thank you very much.